The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. It's time to get fired up. Fired Up is a show that delivers both business impact and social importance. Get ready to explore the connection between communications and human motivation. Our guests will share ideas on how to create higher returns on your communication investments by engaging the people who matter most. Our host, Gordon Rudo, CEO of Bonfire Communications, has bridged the communications gap from startups and nonprofits to the Fortune 500, from political leaders to celebrity CEOs. Get ready to be fired up with your master communicator, Gordon Rudo. So welcome back, everybody, to Fired Up at Webmaster Radio. This is episode number 25, I think, of our 26-episode season, so we are coming towards an end here. And as many of you know, our loyal listeners who have listened to us throughout the season, we've spent a lot of time talking about the evolution of business, Uh, the evolution or the revolution that we'd like to see that we've described in, in numerous ways and had a lot of thought leaders Add to the soup, uh, but I will summarize again. We're hoping to see more engaged and inspired organizations, organizations where people and the company can meet their potential, organizations that can sustain themselves both profitably uh, when it comes to their people, they are healthy, they are vital, and sustainability when it comes to the planet. So we want organizations to succeed uh, more than their wildest dreams, but maybe the definition of success will be changing in the coming year. So going after these audacious goals, we've talked about spiritual work. And I was pausing there because the word spiritual work is a, is a delicate term in business, but we have been playing around the fringes of spiritual work throughout the season. But we are going to be diving deeply into this pool today. Uh, we've described elements throughout the season of self-awareness, of empathy, of inspiration, described bringing humanity back into the organization. And today we're going to talk about it in the frame of what will be described as translucence, a frame that I'll let the author define for you a little bit more in just a few. Uh, In addition to translucence, we are going to stay with a theme that we've spent some time with, which is co-creation. How do you create the conditions in the organization for people to imagine that future possibility and create that together? And I think our guest today is going to add to that mix quite a bit as well. So our guest, without further ado, is Arjun, Arjuna Arda, who is the uh, author of many, many books, and I'll just give you a list of a couple that you may want to know about, Relaxing into Clear Seeing, back in 1997, How About Now, another book in 1999. The book that we're going to spend more time on today is The Translucent Revolution in 2005. was published by New World and has been an international bestseller. He is a very interesting cat, as you will find out soon. I'm going to find out a little bit more about his background as we talk, but we're going to dive into this topic, which is a meaty topic that we're going to want to spend most of our time with. How does that sound, Arjun? Is that uh, an okay tee-up or anything you want to add to that frame? No, that sounds great, Gordon. My, my name, by the way, is pronounced Arjuna. There's an uh at the end. Ah, Arjuna. So share some definitions with us if, if we can. I'd like to ask you a question, and, and in addition to the question, if you could 
describe uh, some definitions so we have a common frame for this conversation. But I want to dive into your book. And one of the frames that you set up is that this notion of awakening uh, is happening all over the planet, and maybe in, in record numbers, that this is described as kind of a snowball gaining traction, that more and more people are awakening into consciousness in all different factions, not just in the Eastern traditions, but as you describe, in many, many traditions, in addition to inside of organizations. So, number one, how do we know that this is happening? How is the collective consciousness shifting? And I understand there's some data points to prove this, but if you can describe this movement that's happening, and then also just give us some definitions. What do we mean by awakening? What do we mean by what you term as, as lago, I believe, or, or the preconditioning? And, and share some ideas of, of how we want to talk about this. Sure. Well, let's start off with awakening then. Um, awakening, actually, what... what what I refer to as awakening and what many people refer to as awakening is incredibly simple. In fact, once we recognize what, it, what that word means, um, it's really just describing a natural, healthy state of a human being. Now, what's true for everybody, every single human being walking around on this planet, is that we are, all day long, we are having um, immediate experiences of what is real. So that means we are hearing sounds which are real, and we are seeing uh, objects in front of us and movement which have, you know, which have color and shape and sound and texture, and we're talking to people who are real. So there is a reality that's going on, and it's, it's multidimensional, and it's all actually quite real and substantial and happening in this moment. But all of us, pretty much everybody, has also gotten used to another layer of reality, another dimension of reality, which is equally real because we can refer to it. It's superimposed upon the first layer, and we could call that the layer of mind or thinking. Now, thinking, of course, is a good thing. You know, if you're a, in a position of leadership or responsibility, of course, you need to be able to think and to strategize and to make uh, intelligent decisions about things and to weigh up options. But for most of us, we are, we, we are no longer using thinking uh, as, a, as a tool. Uh, it would be more true to say that thinking is using us. And consequently, it becomes more and more difficult. The more you get caught up in your mind, it becomes difficult to just experience things as they are. Everything gets filtered through this machine of, of fear and anticipation and regret, a whole kind of mishmash of things, and consequently you could say we are not present. But the more that we're thinking, the more that we're conceptualizing, the more that our mind is running out of control, we're not really present. Now, maybe back in the 1950s, before the invention of the microchip, we could afford to not be present in business because things happen slowly. If you wanted to contact somebody, you would, you know, you would have to type a letter. If there were corrections that need to be made um, manually, the letter would be mailed, the, the, the response would be mailed back. There was plenty of time to think about things. And so it was really okay to not be completely present and to, to get away with it. But the more rapidly changing an environment becomes, the more we need to learn how to manage consciousness. So when, a, when an environment is changing very, very, very rapidly, when the, the, when the culture in which we're operating is being transformed every few months, 
then strategy is no longer going to be so effective. What we need is to learn how to be present and how our consciousness can, our consciousness can, become, can become more malleable and plastic. So in this way, then, you could say awakening is to become liberated from this automatic nature of the mind and to return to the capacity to be present, to be able to respond to each situation in a conscious and responsible way. So with the initial concept of the snowball that's growing in, in, in speed and ability, are we seeing this advent of, of increased momentum because of the speed of, of our environment? What's the relationship between, as you described, in the last 50, 60 years and this momentum shift? Many, many people from all different kinds of backgrounds and belief systems, many people agree that we are at... Uh, a very unusual time in human history. Some people would characterize it as a time of breakdown. So many of the, uh, of the systems we've gotten used to in the financial sector, for example, we're seeing them breaking down. Um, many of the ways that we've gotten used to doing business we are seeing are breaking down. But equally, we can see a kind of breakdown happening in, uh, in our environment. We can see breakdown happening in many of our social institutions as well both nationally and globally. Many, many people, I mean, not just, uh, not just futurists or visionaries, but think tanks in Washington are aware that we are, uh, we are both entering into and approaching a time of great challenge. Some of it we've faced already. That's why we're entering into it now. Some of it we have yet to face, and that's why it's coming in the future. So we are facing a time of tremendous um, breakdown in one way, breakdown of business as usual, but this is also, for many people, is an opportunity for breakthrough, breakthrough to a higher level of functioning. You maybe are familiar with chaos theory, where out of chaos emerges uh, higher levels of integration and integrity. What, is, what we can see happening somewhat under the radar is as many of the structures we've got used to for millennia are breaking down, so there are human beings popping up in all different contexts, operating from a higher level of functioning, which means they are no longer so mentally driven, no longer so driven by a set of concepts and beliefs running their life, but they are more able to respond to the present moment. Traditionally, this capacity to be really present has been thought of as the domain of mysticism. And traditionally, business leadership and taking responsibility in the world has been seen to be somehow divorced from mysticism. Mysticism was for people living in caves, staring at their navels and chanting strange sounds. And meanwhile, real life was about, you know, your feet on the ground and getting on with things. But in the last years, with the increasing demand and stress of a rapidly changing environment, more and more people are realizing that actually within the realm of mysticism, there are to be found certain key tools which can transform consciousness and radically increase our capacity to be effective as leaders. That's a great tee-up before our break. We need to take a short break, but let's talk about what those tools are. Let's talk about the demands of leadership, and let's look at the organizational context where we're looking for increased productivity, increased engagement, and how these sorts of breakthroughs can help us get there. So stay with us. We're going to take a quick break and be back with Arjuna right after this. Stay tuned. Fired Up on WebmasterRadio.fm will return after this short break. 
How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. PPC Rockstars will take you to the promised land of PPC Profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. You're getting fired up. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's Gordon Rudo. Talking about consciousness in business and our initial inquiry, how do we create motivated, engaged, inspired employees that create more effective product solutions or services and more value to our customers to be more increasingly connected to uh, commerce, but increasingly connected to the planet and themselves at the same time. So talk about this breakthrough that's happening, and leaders are becoming more and more aware that business as usual is not possible. The financial systems are breaking down. It seems like there's almost a symbiotic relationship in the universe. The universe is calling us to a greater level of consciousness. How do you think this is affecting leaders today, and what are some of the, the impacts that you're seeing? Right. Well, the, the, the main way that the, the breakdown of old systems is affecting leaders is uh, experience the stress. You know, if you're, if you're in an environment that becomes increasingly unpredictable, the way that you're going to experience that personally is as stress, because if you... If, there are, if there's too much stimulus coming to you all at once and your, your body and your nervous system doesn't have enough opportunity to recover, uh, you exp- you, you're basically neurons start to misfire and you experience stress. And the stress will eventually uh, be experienced as, as, as illness and uh, you know, psychosomatic, very psychosomatic conditions in the body. So that's how business leadership, um, how business leaders can experience the effects of breakdown or of, a, of, of, the, of the rapid increase of, of speed of our environment. The way that business leaders experience breakthrough is through connecting with a deeper dimension of themselves. And this is, again, where we need to use language that is not really 
we're not used to using this kind of language in a business context. It sounds more like the language of, you know, <laughs> of, of, of mystics or the language of, uh, of meditation. But some of this language is useful. So what is really necessary and the way that a business leader can experience a higher level of integration, a higher level of functioning, is to connect to a deeper level of themselves. So a fairly shallow level of ourselves is the, is, is the dimension of ourselves where we have strong beliefs, strong, rigid beliefs that this is like this and that is like that. And, of course, that dimension of ourselves, you don't feel very much connection to somebody or trust for somebody if they're very fundamentalist about their beliefs. So a deeper dimension of everybody, I mean, you feel you get to know somebody better, you relax more with another human being when they shift from their beliefs to their feelings. You know, when somebody starts to talk about their feelings, you get to know them in a deeper way. Well, deeper than feeling, you could say, is intuition, is that place where we just are kind of tuned into what's going on. And deeper than all of that is a dimension of ourselves, which I would like to call presence, uh, being, very, being completely present, so present that you discover yourself to be quite different than you thought. You discover yourself to be something much deeper than the story. You discover yourself to be limitless, to be constantly at peace in the midst of chaos. So this is the deepest dimension of ourselves, and this can be, there are very, very pragmatic tools which can be used to open up this dimension of a human being and to live from there. Now, it used to be that this kind of exploration of our deepest dimension was, um, was really a luxury. It was something people chose to do or not to do. Increasingly, it's becoming no longer a luxury. It's becoming an absolute necessity to know how to manage consciousness. I was talking with Paul Sheely, a friend of mine who, um, who is um, right now, he's, he's actually gone back to school uh, in his uh, late 40s. He's gone back to school to study um, leadership. He's, he's doing a, a PhD on leadership. And the way that he characterized it, which I thought was really interesting in his, in his thesis, is that it used to be a few years ago that being a, a business leader was, was something like whitewater rafting, where you would, you, would be, you would be on the kind of rapids for a little bit, and then you'd coast along in the calm water, and there'd be another little bit of rapids, and you'd coast along in the calm water. He said, in the last 18 months or so, and particularly since September, when the, about the last year since the economy went through a big change, he said now it's, being a business leader is like permanent class four rapids. There is no calm between the, between the, um, the white water. And when an environment shifts that dramatically and that, that, and that quickly, then managing consciousness is no longer a luxury for the meditatively inclined. It becomes an absolute necessity, you could say a survival skill. And so what we've been really working on in our organization for uh, a couple of decades now is taking the best of these skills and repackaging them in a way that anyone can use them. It doesn't matter what your belief system, it doesn't matter what your background or your lifestyle, anyone can use these skills to be able to much better manage their environment, to make much clearer and more, um, more appropriate decisions. Now, you mentioned these tools on a previous call. You're going to help uh, our listeners access some of these tools. You have a, a website or yeah. something that they can go to to download some of this? Absolutely. Well, we can certainly we can talk through some of these now, but I have prepared for you, for your listeners, uh, a download page 
where they can go, and we've, we've prepared a number of downloads. Some of them are MP3s that you can play on your MP3 player, your iPod or iPhone or iWhatever, and some of them are um, PDF files that you can read. And these give you just a very simple kind of crash course introduction, like you said, an emergency toolkit for how to manage consciousness. So we can discuss some of these tools together. But, um, you know, I'd like to give you that URL. So um, the, the website is awakeninggifts.com, awakeninggifts.com. And then you need to write in after that slash uh, bonfire.htm. So awakeninggifts.com slash bonfire. .htm, and you'll find there are 10 downloads that have been prepared for your listeners. That's fantastic, and I'd like to touch on those more at, at, towards the end of the show, because I'd like to hear from you as well, and I want to invite our listeners to understand some of the case studies that you have here. And in your book, you described uh, Men's Warehouse, Green Mountain Coffee, Donner Hospital. There's been a handful of really excellent case studies of conscious leadership, of, of practices that have put in place that make a real difference to employees and to the planet. Can you speak to perhaps you know, one of your favorite stories here, and then we'll start moving towards tools and practices as we get to close. Sure, absolutely. Well, um, I think, you know, as an introduction, we need to talk about a concept that by now has become quite well-known, which is the shift from the single bottom line to um, multiple bottom lines. Um, and really the idea here, which, uh, which, of course, we can find, you know, multiple parallels in, in uh, other fields, is that when you're... When your values are primarily about survival, your, your, your survival actually becomes more difficult when survival is your goal. Um, if you shift your values to a higher level, a more integrated level than survival, survival becomes a natural byproduct of focusing on something higher. So a really an obvious way to understand this in an individual's life is if if somebody is thinking all the time, how can I make money? How can I make money? I just want to make money, 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 money. Uh, as you know, very often someone whose life is only about money, um, they don't actually experience a whole lot of success. They, they experience a lot of struggle with money because they're always thinking about how to make more money. And, you know, they become uh, almost the sort of um, the, the, the cliche of the con man, you know, just, just looking for the, for the, next, the next deal. And as, you prob- as I'm sure you know, somebody who, who's, who's thinking that way doesn't really con- um, create long-term success. On the other hand, when you have someone with a vision, uh, a good example of this would be Steve Jobs, you know, who um, I, I, my, my impression of Steve Jobs, and many people like him, was that he was uh, really fascinated with uh, developing the, the, the most graceful, user-friendly possibility of a personal computer. And in fact, when he came back to Apple after many years' absence, he was willing to work initially for a, a dollar a year. Uh, so somebody with a vision like this, very, very committed to their vision, money pours in as a byproduct uh, because you're operating at a higher level. And there are many examples of that where, where when an individual has focused on service, on creativity, on living a vision, money comes as a byproduct. I can give you, you know, dozens of examples of that. So now we can translate that into a corporate environment. Uh, when a corporation is primarily uh, obsessed with its own survival, the corporation really becomes dedicated to profit as the only reason for its existence. 
and therefore the you know the corporation exists basically to be answerable to its um, its uh, stakeholders. Um, and this, you know, it was Isaac Bolshevik Singer who, who made a comparison. He said that a company obsessed with profit is like a human being obsessed with oxygen. Imagine a human being who decided that the only reason for being alive, their, 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 their very reason for existing was oxygen. Well, of course, it's true a human being does need oxygen, but if that's the only reason to justify your existence, you're going to lead a very, very limited life. You do need oxygen, but most people dedicate their lives to something much bigger than that, like serving their family or creating value in some other way. And oxygen, then they breathe as a byproduct. So in the same way, if a company is only dedicated to profit, it's going to cut all kinds of corners and initially may be profitable, but in the long run will not create integrity or sustainability. So we've seen the introduction in the last years of, of multiple bottom lines. Uh, Shell is a good example, and I think Shell is the example I'd like to focus on in answer to your question, where in the late 90s, Shell was in a lot of trouble. Um, they had been involved in, uh, indirectly involved in um, a scandal in Nigeria where um, a tribe leader who had opposed um, oil exploration in Africa had um, somehow been murdered, and Shell was implicated in, in how that happened. Um, they, they also were uh, implicated in the, the sinking of a, an oil well off the Shetland Islands, uh, which caused a massive oil spill. And there was, you know, all of this was conjecture, but it, but it caused um, a great deal of public outcry. And in, in, uh, in England, there was, uh, th th there was a, a great deal of boycotting went on. So Shell is an example of a company which went through something akin to an awakening. Uh, they actually worked with um, several consulting groups. One of them was, um, was HeartMath, a company based in California. And they learned, basically, um, at, a, at, a, at their senior management level, they learned how to manage consciousness. Uh, they, they learned... Um, what it took to shift consciousness um, from a narrow, constricted state of consciousness, which is characterized by contraction in the body, so therefore stress, but also contracted thinking, survival-based thinking. They learned how to expand their consciousness. And in the early 2000s, in the early 2000s um, they, they came out with their annual report, which, which was about multiple bottom lines. In fact, the annual report they published, uh, I forget which year it was now, I think it was maybe 2001. Um, I'll have to, to um, uh, I can probably look this up just as, as we speak. Um, but they came out with, um, yeah, in, in 2000, um, they, they came out with, a, with a, their annual report, which was titled People, Planet, Profit. So they, were, they had made a, they'd taken a stand to put people first, planet second and profit third. And there's an amazing um, CEO letter from, from, from their CEO at the time uh, who, was, who was really explaining to the shareholders, this is how we've got to go. You know, we've, we've actually got to put integrity and sustainability as a higher value than profit. Uh, so Shell went through this kind of transformation uh, with a lot of help from experts in, in shifting consciousness. And they've, you know, now, and in fact, BP went through very similar transformation. Now BP has become the 
largest manufacturer of um, solar panels in the world and has dedicated itself to, um, to moving beyond petroleum by the year 2032. Um, so Shell, I think, would be a really good example where under the leadership of um, Jerome van der, van der Meer, uh, their, their chairman, rebuilt the company based upon... Um, based upon uh, completely different values. So now, you know, Shell is into um, wind power. Uh, they opened the world's first hydrogen refueling stations in, in Iceland and in Holland. They've, they've, they've uh, actually been behind clean air initiatives in Asia and Africa. So this is, the, this is kind of what happens when leadership undergoes a, sh a shift of consciousness. A company discovers its identity is something beyond just profit. Now, what we're seeing emerging now, the, really the cutting edge of this, which is just coming forward in the last year or so, is a fourth bottom line. So we can move from people, planet, profit, to adding a fourth bottom line, which goes at the top of the list, presence, people, planet, profit. So the first priority of any company is that its leadership learns how to become present learns how to lead from being able to respond in each moment with a consciousness that is clear and alert and not stressed, which is open and spacious. That's presence. Out of presence, you're going to naturally care for people. You're going to naturally care for the environment. And here's the miracle thing, that companies who've undergone this kind of transformation becomes naturally profitable they don't have to try to be profitable. They become naturally profitable as a byproduct of putting their values in order. Now, we talked a little earlier, you and I, about the Domini Financial Index, which uh, has measured companies which put ethics above profitability. And the, the Domini Financial Index has demonstrated that, in the, in the, at least in the, the um, time period that I last investigated this, that the companies that had put... Um, their, their values higher than profit actually outperformed companies who had done the opposite. Fascinating hypothesis, and we see it in action today. So we're going to need to take a short break, but we're going to talk more about this and kind of double-click into this notion of having a greater vision and having the organization look beyond profits to something greater that connects to the values of the individuals and sees something as a greater possibility for the world. So we're going to come right back with Arjuna Arda as we talk about these tools and practices that you can put in place to make a difference in your organization and move into presence. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Fired Up on WebmasterRadio.fm will return after this short break. If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even comes with state of the art tracking. Where to the start? You can do it a couple ways. 866XY7Page. It's toll free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic Tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic Tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're getting fired up, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's Gordon Rudo. So we're back for the closing segment. We only have about seven minutes left or so. So Arjuna Arda, last couple minutes here, you have the opportunity to give our listeners some takeaways that they can actually start doing. Uh, we'll tee up the URL so that they can download things. But while we have you on for the last six minutes or so now, what are all your lessons for your 30-plus years in this field? What can we tell organizational leaders, HR leaders, people who work as professional communicators, and employees all the way through the ranks? What are some of the practices and tools that they can start putting in place tomorrow? Right. Well, you know, Gordon, um, <laughs> I think if I had to sum it up in one practice, it would be uh, download the download the files that I've prepared for you and look through them because I'm not going to be able to do this justice in just very short time we have left. But I can give you a few pointers now, but I would encourage everyone listening to take advantage of the, you know, the downloads I prepared are free. And let me give you that URL again. It's awakeninggifts.com, awakeninggifts.com, slash bonfire. .htm. So that's slash bonfire.htm. And we'll have all of those gifts, you know, they'll, they'll be ready for you. And um, um, you can, those are the things you can try out. So let me give you a few key pointers then for how to relax more deeply into a deeper dimension of yourself. So one of the practices I've prepared for you is called Breathe Totally. And that's one of the main things that happens when we move into a stressed response to life is our breathing becomes shallow. Shallow breathing is associated with more stressed responses and with a more rigid style of thinking. So one of the practices that I've offered there is called breathe totally. And that would be probably a very good one to begin with. Now, another thing is, you know, that you don't need to, it's not like you need to let this whole thing take over your life. Uh, a few short interventions during the day will make all of the difference. So there's another practice in the book 
that is called um, um, stop. It's the second practice. So that's another thing that people can do at work is to set their uh, cell phone or or um, digital watch to for an alarm to go off at, at random intervals and just to stop, just to take just to take maybe even 30 seconds or a minute just to stop and really close your eyes and just feel what is happening in your body in that moment, to feel the stress, take a breath. And actually feeling is, you know, feeling what's going on inside of you is often all that is needed. We don't necessarily need to do a lot about it. Just feeling it, it will begin to take care of itself. Another uh, practice that I'm that I've prepared for your listeners is called expand peripheral vision. You can just do this while sitting at your desk. Your attention shifts from what's right in front of you to what's about 45 degrees to each side and then expands beyond your shoulders even. Um, I've also given you some practices that um, allow you to challenge the rigidity of the mind. One of the practices is called Is It True? Uh, which allows you, you can do this with your coworkers. You can just constantly challenge whether the thoughts that the mind is kicking up are really reliable. And then I've also added in for you a really, uh, a really out there practice that um, will challenge you a little more, which is called treat your coworkers as deities. <laughs> so that's a, that's a really a challenging practice. But the idea of that is to, you know, oftentimes we, um, we, we, we get stressed because we go on automatic. We no longer pay attention to the, the power in each moment. So uh, another, another of the practices I've prepared for you is called treat your coworkers as deities, which means just for a limited period of time, look at people with fresh eyes and begin to see the incredible gifts, the incredible kind of divinity, the, 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 the luminousness that's flowing through uh, the people that you work with. And sometimes just making a practice of, of deciding to open your eyes and look at people with a fresh heart uh, will completely change your day and will, will, will cause an expansion in your consciousness. All of these practices, as well as explanations about them, are available on the, the, the webpage I mentioned. I'm, I'm grinning from ear to ear as I'm listening to this last five minutes. Uh, this is wonderful. And as a closer to our season, to be able to um, reorient ourselves to stop what we're doing, and especially living here in the Bay Area, our show is, is centered out of San Francisco, and this is true for a lot of urban centers, any sort of high-tech centers. We're on a treadmill every single day, and the treadmill, as we described, you know, we could have been walking in the, in the 50s, as you mentioned earlier, um, a, a kind of a slow walk on the treadmill back then. It seems like if anyone's been on a treadmill, kind of 5.0, so it was a decent run. I feel like we're on like 7.5 all the time here, and it's mm-hmm. very difficult to get present when you're running at 7.5, when you've got the mortgage to cover, the kids that you've got to pick up, the stack of documents on your pages, your social media sites that you need to check, and it's just non-stop reality. So breathing totally, stopping, checking out the expansion of peripheral vision, um, asking yourselves and your coworkers questions to question your own sense of reality and your own belief systems and treating your coworkers like deities. Good start for our listeners to be able to get off the treadmill for a moment and reflect and get present. So I want to thank you deeply, Arjuna, uh, for your time today. For those who want to Google, Arjuna Arda is all over the place once you uh, start 
start Googling him, and you'll see AwakeningCoachingTraining.com is a site that I've been to, but AwakeningGifts.com forward slash bonfire.htm. That's where we'd like to steer you to it today. Again, it's AwakeningGifts.com forward slash bonfire.htm for the gifts that he has generously offered for you folks, um, some free downloads to find out more. And again, as always, we want to hear from you at twitter.com forward slash radio. Uh, we thank you for your time. We only have a few more guests this season. We have David Rock coming up, a uh, world-renowned neurobiologist who is um, shifting the way that we're thinking about coaching from a neurological perspective, uh, and then closing the season with my colleague and the connection that I have to Arjuna today, uh, which is Jeremy Klein, my former business partner uh, starting at Bonfire, and I'm very lucky to close the season and reflect upon all of the lessons throughout uh, the 26 or 27 episodes that we're going to do. As I close, any last thoughts for our listeners, Arjuna? Well, you know, I think the last thought I always like to finish with when anyone asks me that question is to really have compassion for yourself, you know? Even though intellectually we may realize that we're in a, we're in a time of great transition financially, uh, it's easy to take this personally. And even though everyone else is having a, a challenging time as well, it's easy to feel if you can't keep up with uh, all of the demands and the payments and things, it's easy to feel like a failure. So I really just, you know, I think I'd like to finish up by saying have some compassion for yourself. You, you've, you've, uh, you've taken birth at a time of transition on this planet. You can make an enormous contribution, and you may sometimes feel a sense of, uh, of despair or, or you just can't keep going. But, but really find a way to, to look at yourself with the same compassionate eyes you might look at somebody you really care about. And give yourself credit for, um, for doing your very best. That's, I think you know, that's a, a really important thing for us all to remember is that we, we are doing the very best we can. Excellent close. We thank you. Thank you, Webmaster Radio, for the opportunity to share this with our listeners. And we'll catch you folks next week. Be good to yourself and be compassionate. Take care.